Hello guys, this is episode number 4 of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Here we go. Jonathan was dazzled. He forgot to ask about heaven. How do you do that? What does it feel like? How far can you go? You can go to any place and to any time that you wish to go, the elder said. I have gone everywhere and every and and every when I can think of. He looked across the sea. It is strange. The gulls who scorn perfection for the sake of travel go nowhere slowly. Those who put aside travel for the sake of perfection go anywhere instantly. Remember, Jonathan, heaven is in the place or a time because place and time are so meaningless. Heaven is... Can you teach me to fly like that? Jonathan Siegel trembled to conquer another unknown. Of course, if you wish to learn. I wish. When can we start? We could start now, if you would like. I want to learn to fly like that, Jonathan said. And a strange light glowed in his eyes. Tell me what to do. Chiang spoke slowly and watched the younger girl ever so carefully. To fly as fast as thought to anywhere that is, he said, you must begin by knowing that you have already arrived. The trick, according to Chiang, was for Jonathan to stop seeing himself as trapped into a limited body that had a 42-inch wingspan and performance that could be plotted on a chart. The trick was to know that his true nature lived as perfect as an unwritten number everywhere as one as once across space and time. Jonathan kept at it fiercely, day after day, from before sunset, sunrise, to, till past midnight. And for all his effort, he moved not a feather width from his spot. Forget about faith, Chiang said it time and again. You don't need faith to fly. You needed to understand flying. That is just the same. Now try again. Then one day, Jonathan, standing on the shore, closing his eyes, concentrating, all in a flash, knew what Chiang had been telling him. Why? That's true. I am perfect. Unlimited gull. He felt a great shock of joy. Good, said Chiang, and there was victory in his voice. Jonathan opened his eyes. He stood alone with the elder on a totally different seashore. Trees down to the water's edge. Twin yellow suns turning overhead. At last, you've got the idea, 
Chiang said, but your control needs a little work. Jonathan was stunned. Where are we? Utterly unimpressed with the strange surroundings, the elder brushed the question aside. We are on some planet, obviously with a green sky and a double star for a sun. Jonathan made a scree of delight, the first sound he had made since he left Earth. It works! Well, of course it works, John, said Chiang. It always works when you know what you are doing. Now about your control. By the time they returned, it was dark. The other girls looked at Jonathan with awe in their golden eyes, for they had seen him disappear from where he had been rooted for so long. He stood their congratulations for less than a minute. I am the newcomer here. I am just beginning. It is I who must learn from you. I wonder about that, John, said Sullivan, standing near. You have less fear of learning than any girl I have seen in 10,000 years. The flock fell silent and Jonathan fidgeted in embarrassment. We can start working with time if you wish, Chiang said, till you can fly the past and the future and then you will be ready to begin the most difficult, the most powerful, the most fun of them all. You will be ready to begin to fly up and know the meaning of kindness and of love. A month went by or something that that felt about like a month and Jonathan learned at a tremendous rate. He always had learned quickly from ordinary experience and now the special student of the elder himself he took in new ideas like a streamlined feathered computer. But then the day came that Chiang vanished. He had been talking talking silently quietly with them all, exhorting them never to stop their learning and their practicing and their striving to understand more of the perfect invisible principle of all life. Then he as he spoke, his feathers went brighter and brighter and at last turned so brilliant that no gull could look upon him. Jonathan, he said, and these were the last words that he spoke, keep working on love. When they could see again, Chiang was gone. As the days went past, 
Jonathan found himself thinking time and again of the earth from which he had come. If he had known there just a tenth, just a hundredth of what he knew here, how much more life would have meant. He stood on the sand and fell to wondering if there was a gull back there who might be struggling to break out of his limits to see the meaning of light beyond a way of travel to get a breadcrumb from a rowboat. Perhaps there might even have been one made outcast for speaking the truth in the face of the flock. And the more Jonathan practiced his kindness lessons and the more he worked to know the nature of love, the more he wanted to go back to earth. For in spite of his lovely past, Jonathan Siegel was to was born to be an instructor and his own way of demonstrating love was to give something of the truth that he had seen to a girl who asked only a chance to see the truth for himself. Sullivan adopt ad, adapt now adapt now a thought flying a thought speed flight and helping the others to learn was doubtful. John, you were outcast one. Why do you think why do you think that any of the gulls in your old time would listen to you now? You know the proverb and it is true. The gull sees farthest who fly the highest. Those gulls where you came from are standing on the ground, squawking and fighting among themselves. They are a thousand miles from heaven. And you say you want to show them heaven from where they stand, John? They can't see their own wingtips. Stay here. Help the new gulls here. The ones who are high enough to see what you have to tell them. He was quiet for a moment and then he said, What if Chiang had gone back to his old worlds? Where would you have been today? The last point was telling the telling one and Sullivan was right. The gull sees farthest who flies highest. Jonathan stayed and worked and worked with the new birds coming in who were all very bright and quick with their lessons but the old feeling came back and he couldn't help but think that might be one of one or two girls back on earth who would be able to learn too. How much more would he have known by now if Chiang 
had come to him on the day that he was outcast. Sally, I must go back, he said at last. Your students are doing well. They can help you bring the newcomers along. Sullivan sighed, but he did not argue. I think I'll miss you, Jonathan, was, it, was all he said. Sully, for shame, Jonathan said in reproach. And don't be foolish. What are we trying to practice every day? Our friendship, if our friendship depends on things like space and time, then when we finally overcome space and time, we have destroyed our own brotherhood. But overcome space and all we have left is here. Overcome time and all we have left is now. And in the middle of here and now, don't you think that we might see each other once or twice? Sullivan Siegel laughed in spite of himself. You crazy bird, he said kindly. If, if anybody can show someone on the ground how to see a thousand miles, it will be Jonathan Livingston Siegel. He looked at the sand. Goodbye, John, my friend. Goodbye, Sully. We will meet again. And with that, Jonathan held in thought an image of the great gull flocks on the shore of another time and he knew with practice ease that he was not bone and feather but a perfect idea of freedom and flight limited nothing at limited by nothing at all Fletcher Lind Siegel was still quite young but already he knew that no bird had ever been so harshly treated by any flock or with so much injustice. I don't care what they say, he thought fiercely and his vision blurred as he flew out towards the far cliffs. There is so much more to a flying to flying than just flapping around from place to place. Oh uh, a mosquito does that. One little barrel roll around the elder gull just for fun and I am outcast. Are they blind? Can't they see? Can't they think? of the glory that it will be that will be when we really learn to fly i don't care what they think i'll show them what flying is i'll be pure outlaw if that's the way they want it and i will make them so sorry the voice came inside his own head and, th and though it was very gentle, it startled him so much that he faltered and stumbled in the air.
Don't be harsh on them, Fletcher Siegel. In casting you out, the other girls have only hurt themselves. And one day they will know this and one day they will show, they will see what you see. Forgive them and help them to understand. An inch from his right wingtip flew the most brilliant white seagull or girl in the, all the world, gliding, gliding effortlessly along, not improving, not moving a feather at what was very nearly Fletcher's top speed. There was a moment of chaos in the uh, in the young bird. What's going on? Am I mad? Am I dead? What is this? Low and calm. The voice went on within his thought, demanding an answer. Fletcher Lind Siegel, do you want to fly? Yes, I want to fly. Fletcher Lind Siegel, do you want to fly so much that you will forgive the flock and learn and go back one day and work to help them know? There was no lying. There was no lying to this magnificent, skillful being. No matter how proud or how hurt a bird was Fletcher Siegel. I do, he said softly. Then, then Fletch, that bright creature, said to him, and the voice was very kind, let's begin with level fight.